0: Hi everyone it's great to see you here at CBC Online today. My name is Ellen Wilde, I'm a minister on the team at Chichester Baptist Church and it's a real privilege for me to share some thoughts from God's word with us as we gather together online today. We are in the third week of a series called Encounters, where we're looking at different encounters that individuals had with Jesus in John's Gospel. And today we're looking at John chapter 5, where we read the story about a man lying by the pool of Bethesda, a pool where many sick people were laying. And Jesus met this one man and he healed him and he changed his life in that one encounter. This healing is one of seven miracles recorded for us in John's Gospel, or signs as they're called. John doesn't include as many miracles as Matthew, Mark, and Luke. His account only has seven, and he calls them signs because as he describes each of the miracles, he does so because he wants the events to point to something. There's a significance beyond this miracle that we're looking at today that goes beyond the healing. What does a sign do? A sign points to something when we are driving and we see a sign, it directs us somewhere. And the signs in John's Gospel all point to something important about Jesus. So what I want to do today is to unpack this sign a bit for us, this miracle. And I want to mention two things that this sign points to about Jesus. And I want to think about how that can help us in this strange and seemingly never-ending season that we currently find ourselves in. There's something here about special places. I imagine that lots of us have got special places in our lives, places that are meaningful to us. I wonder what you would choose if I asked you what special places you had. Maybe you'd choose a particular holiday destination. Maybe the home of a family member or a friend where you just feel so comfortable. Maybe it's a place that has a particular view whatever reason uh, that place means something important to you. I've got quite a few places that I identify as special. This picture is of a beach near pool where I go every year on retreat. I spend a few days out every year having some time to pray and reflect and think, and it's a really special time and I look forward to it every single year. Now in one sense, this is just a stretch of beach, much like any other beach, It's, it's nice. But it's not special to everybody. But to me, it's become what I call a thin place, a place that I associate with meeting with God, with hearing from Jesus and knowing him close. In our story, a man who has been paralysed for 38 years is lying by the pool of Bethesda, as he would have done on hundreds of occasions. And the Port of Bethesda was a well-known place of healing. It was in Jerusalem itself, and it was regarded as a sacred site. This man had been there for 38 years, but after one encounter with Jesus, he walks away totally well. And John wants us to see past the actual sign to what it's pointing to. And one of the things it's pointing to is that God's power with the presence of Jesus, with the arrival of Jesus on the earth, God's power is no longer linked to a place, but to a person. It's person, not place. It's not the place. It's not the pool of Bethesda that will get this man healed, but the person of Jesus. It's the presence of Jesus. It's not the presence of water that makes all the difference. There's a confusing bit in our passage if you look at verses 6 and 7 about the stirring of the waters. The people were lying by the pool, it says, waiting for the waters to be stirred, which seems very odd when you first read it. If you look in your Bibles, if you've got them open, you'll see that verse 4 is missing. It's included as a footnote at the bottom and it says that people believe that an angel of the Lord came and stirred the water. And they believe that the first person into the water would be healed. Now, verse four wasn't in the original um, gospel of John, which is why most versions of our Bibles leave it out. It was added later to explain why the people would lie by the pool, what what they were waiting for. It was added as an explanatory addition. Now, this angel idea was probably a local superstition. The the pool was normally still, but occasionally an an underground thermal spring uh, would flow and cause a disturbance in the water. And you can understand it, can't you? People didn't have water engineers around then explaining thermal springs to them. So this superstition grew up that an angel would stir the waters for healing. Once again here, Jesus reinforces the idea that the focus of the healing, the focus of the power, the focus of the difference is in him. It's because he is there at the pool of Bethesda that people are healed. Stirred up waters won't get people healed. Superstitions don't bring God's presence. Special places won't bring the presence of God. It's Jesus. It's the person and presence of Jesus that make all the difference. There is nothing that is sacred about any certain place, Louise mentioned this briefly last week in her message, but I want to build on this thought today because it's got an extra resonance for us at the moment. We have a special place where many of us have met with Jesus, just like the way that I associate that beach as a a thin place, a place where I encountered God. Now, associations like that are really good and really helpful and for so many of us, we have encountered God together in our church building. Our church building has become a place where so many of us have met with Jesus. And so in this time of lockdown, with churches closed and with our church closed, that's been hard. I'm going to head over to our building now. Now. So I'm sitting at the front of the church by the piano. The stage is here. Normally I'd be standing and sharing Uh, from there, looking out at lots of faces. This is a special place for lots of us. And I know so many of us are missing being here. I am missing seeing faces. I'm missing corporate worship so much. I'm missing being able to pray together and share together. I've prayed for many of you by this very piano over the years. I've met God here for myself. And I know that numerous numbers of you have as well. It's a special place. And there's nothing wrong with special places. They mean something for a reason. But it isn't a sacred place. We have met God here, not because the building is holy, but because the presence of Jesus has been here. The Holy Spirit within us, here with us. And as we face all these weeks without being able to meet here in the building, don't we just really need to know again that Jesus' presence and power is available to us just as much at home or as we walk or on the phone with a friend as it is here. We're not able to meet together in this place, but the presence of Jesus is no less available for us. This is a time to lean in to Jesus and cultivate a faith of dependence on him at a time when we're restricted from being together in the building. Recently the government announced that churches could open again as long as they followed detailed guidelines. Now I and the rest of the staff team and the trustees along with uh, church leaders all over the city and up and down the country have been reading those guidelines carefully. And yes, churches can reopen, but there are just so many restrictions. Buildings can open, but the level of restrictions in place in order to make sure that we can meet safely mean that it's impossible to meet together in anything like the way that we did for now. The restrictions include things like sitting two metres apart uh, separately and spaced out, a fraction of our number able to meet at any one time, booking to come in, no singing, hand sanitising on the way in, a one-way flow around the building, a caution for over 70s, no uh, kids groups, not for the shielding, no raising of voices, no coffee time. The restrictions are such that we think it's just not possible to meet together meaningfully at the moment. In theory, the government say that we can, but in reality, it's so far from church as we know it that we are going to go slowly and have decided to wait for now. Now, that doesn't mean that we don't have thoughts about how we can use the building and uh, how we can maintain connection together. We do plan to reopen uh, slowly for other activities before starting to meet on Sundays. And of course, our hope and our prayer is that as uh, COVID gets under control, we will be able to meet here together again. Early this week, there'll be a video blog from me explaining in more detail our rationale and our thinking and our planning for the future. So do look out for that. And I'll explain more early this week about our thinking about reopening the building. This is a special place. I I long to meet here with you again, but it isn't a sacred place. And I want to lean into Jesus and find a depth with him in this time. I've asked a couple of people if they would share their thoughts with us about this idea that it's the person of Jesus, not a sacred place that counts. And so Mark Sheldrake and Joe Hawker are both going to share briefly about what they miss about the building, but also about how they are meeting with Jesus in their everyday places. Have a listen to what they've got to say.
1: Hi, I'm Mark. I run a charity called Christian Youth Enterprises Sailing Centre. I'm missing seeing people encounter God there, uh, often for the first time. I'm also missing meeting in our church building, in particular worshipping together. I miss drumming as part of that, uh, as it's one way I feel close to God. But I'm also learning how Jesus is at work, uh, despite the restrictions we currently have. Every weekday morning I meet with my remnant team over Zoom and we share our current joys and trials and we pray about them much more than we did before. Uh, I shouldn't be surprised, but we have seen many answers to these prayers in the last three months. Uh, They range from the very practical and the immediate to the less tangible, but no less real. Um, I'm also encountering Jesus more by having a special place to read the Bible and pray. Uh, It's helped lots, uh, since I'm barely leaving the house, to have a place of focus, and God has drawn nearer to me as I've made this choice.
2: So um, one thing I've really been missing um, is singing and worshipping together. Um, I love singing and I really miss the kind of corporate sense of togetherness that comes when we all sing in the building. Um, So I'm really missing out on that. But I have found that I'm encountering Jesus in different ways, particularly more in the quiet. in kind of quiet times of prayer I guess previously I would have really come to pray with a list of things and um, I'm finding that I'm kind of allowing my prayer to be more guided by God um, and by his word um, and kind of praying into things that seem relevant and that stick um from reading the Bible rather than just coming like with a list of like a tick list of of things to pray about which has been really helpful kind of a real sense of peace and yeah just taking a bit more time to be able to pray about things has been um, definitely something I've really benefited from
0: Great to hear from both Mark and Joe. there. They both talked about what they're missing about being in the building. Both talked about worship especially. And it's interesting that they both talked about finding Jesus more through prayer in this time. Mark having a special place in his house to go to. And Joe finding God in the quiet place in a way which is a newer thing for her. There are lots of hard things about lockdown including not being able to meet together as church family, but God can do new things in us in this time. It's the person of Jesus that makes the difference. Let's lean into him, seek him and his presence. So we spent most of our time today thinking about how this miraculous sign in John's gospel points to a person, not a place i just want to mention one other thing briefly which can help us as we turn to pray together and respond and to worship uh, in the rest of this service we have a person and not a place but we also have grace and not law grace not law Jesus had authority over places and superstitions, and he also shows in our passage in John chapter 5 that he has authority over the Sabbath. If you look at verses 8 to 10, the Jews had hundreds of laws that they had to obey in order to be devout Jews. The Sabbath was so far from how God had planned it. It had been made into a religious burden by the Jewish people who required them to keep the rules. The Jewish leaders in our story overlook the fact that this man has been miraculously healed. They don't worry that there's been this amazing healing. And instead they focus on the fact that the law says you mustn't carry your mat on the Sabbath. And Jesus being Jesus challenges this. He confounds the religious leaders and he shows grace over law in healing this paralysed man on the Sabbath. When Jesus touches us with his love and his presence, that is a demonstration of the grace of God. It's the kindness of God and the compassion of God reaching out to us. We don't deserve it, and yet he's good to us anyway. That's grace in this time of lockdown, when there is so much unknown stretching out ahead of us, when it feels like this is going on for so many weeks and weeks and we can't see the end, and when we can't meet together as family, there is grace for us. There is not a legalistic duty or a burden over any of us. There is no guilt about what we are or aren't doing. He is not frowning on you about the quality of the home learning you are doing with your children. He's not judging you for the frustration that you might find about your employment at the moment or the angst that you might feel that you're not seeing your grandchildren as much as you'd hope to. There's grace. There is grace. And friends, I just felt that in a prophetic sense as I was preparing for today, that for some of you watching this in particular, God is saying there is grace for you for this season. I I will give you what you need, that the Lord says, I have got the resources for you. It helps me as a regular discipline, just to try to bring, them up, bring to mind the grace of God and to remind myself of God's kindness to me. That's a helpful question to ask ourselves. How has God been kind to us? Can I celebrate and thank him for those things amongst all the uncertainty and the difficulty? As we've been thinking about our faith being all about the person of Jesus, let's remember that that is rooted because of the person of Jesus in grace and not law. It would be great to hear your thoughts about some of these things on the blog today. Maybe you could leave a comment as you finish listening to this. Are there ways that Jesus is meeting you in new and surprising ways in this time? We don't have the building. Uh, What are you finding instead that is helping you connect with him? Can you testify to the kindness of God in spite of the challenges? We'd love to hear your thoughts if you wanted to leave a comment on the blog afterwards person, not place, grace, not law. I pray those thoughts root themselves in us today. As a staff team, we are praying for our church family regularly. And we wanted to finish this message today by praying a blessing over you. So let's do that. We miss this place, but our faith is less about a place and more about a person the person of Jesus so from our place to your place
1: from our place to your place from our place to your place from our place to your place from our place to your place
0: so from our place to your place
1: we pray that you encounter Jesus
0: as healer
1: as forgiver as hope bringer
0: as savior
1: and as Lord.
0: Amen. Amen.
1: Amen. 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 Amen.